Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, you know how we do it here. I want to stop and thank our guests personally because I know they're coming with several things I deem very expensive. The first is time. And I want to thank you here for coming and sharing some of your precious time. That commodity, many of us have, have misused it. But here you are and you're willing to share some of that with us. And I want to thank you personally. The other is your journey. It created who you are today. And the fact that you're here to share with us, that you're trusting us with that information so that we can learn of you and become better human spirits while we're here on this planet. Hale, thank you so much for coming with Threads of Enlightenment. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It's a pleasure. I know you have a great body of work and tell the people, um, I know it'll take us a while if you begin to go into all of it, but tell them as much as you want. And then what we do here at Threads of Enlightenment is simply deconstruct, as I said to you, that uh, story as to how did you get there? What did you sure, do? Sure, sure, sure. So, yes. So the, the body of work uh, that I, this body mind is sharing with the world is called the Sedona Method. And it's something that it was actually a gift that we all received initially from my mentor, Lester Robinson. And it is a tool that shows you how to tap a nature ability that all of us have, but often don't use. And this natural ability is the ability to let go of whatever it is that's standing in our way, both from having, being, and doing what we choose, but also whatever is preventing us inside from just fully embracing this life as it is unfolding. Often in life, we're running interference. We're not really relating to life. We're relating to our picture of the way it should be or could be. And in doing that, we're not really fully alive. We're holding back, we're holding on, we're, we're just struggling and suffering unnecessarily. And the Sedona Method is a tool that shows you how to get out of the struggle, to let go of the baggage you're carrying from whenever it's from. It could have been, could be from a moment ago, or it could be from when you were very young. And it doesn't actually matter the story of why the baggage is there, or who you might blame for it, whether it be yourself or someone else. It doesn't matter how long it's been there. It doesn't matter the circumstances. What matters is this weight that we appear to carry that is completely unnecessary. As you put your baggage down, then you can just fully celebrate life as it is. Everyone and everything. You can discover that everyone and everything is just part of the one energy that always, that one beingness that always, that of course includes you and me, but it's beyond you and me, and is not limited by you and me. Yeah. And at the same time, whatever you're doing in life or not doing in life, whatever is happening around you, can be enriched just by you showing up and you letting go of the filters on life. So then you live life with your heart wide open and your mind fully clear. And this is a gift, not just for yourself, but for everyone and everything. 
And so, to summarize that, feelings are just feelings. They're not facts, and they're not you, and you can let them go. And you're not your story. You're not just the inhabitor of that physical body. You are everything, and nothing in particular. And that is already freedom. This, whatever is being experienced in this moment, whatever is apparently happening, is already boundlessness. Is already beauty. Is already unconditional love. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I agree 100%. And I want to tell all the listeners, I have been uh, utilizing... uh, Hill stuff for many years. When I started my journey, um, even way before the secret came out, and when it came out, and I saw him and was introduced, then I began to follow him because he resonated with me. And so I'm excited about this conversation because there's a lot for you and I to gain from it. Um, Hill, talk to us about your childhood. I always like to take people back to the childhood because I've tell them it is the place by which we reside for a while as we move through life. It, that, at that place is where the programming and of our belief system begins. And we have entities that are coming and vying for our attention. We have the family. We have religion. We have um, society. We have corporate America. If you don't believe me, look at your TV. We have um, all of these entities outside of us telling us who we are and that we ought to behave. And I keep telling people the invisible standard by which they control the masses is the word normal. You have to be normal. We're telling you what normal looks like. And anything outside of normal, something is wrong with you. So talk to us about your um, your place of normality, well, where you began to be programmed, if you will. Firstborn son, and what did it family. look like? <laughs> uh, uh, living in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, the first few years of life, I don't remember much about it, but I was told that I was just this happy, exuberant baby. Uh, because I, I was the center of everyone's attention, including uh, uh, my extended family, my uncles, my aunts, because uh, I was not just the... Oh, excuse me one sec. Let me just turn this off. Firstborn uh, male child uh, in... My father's family, for my mother and father, but for all his brothers and sisters. And so, (laughs) so there was a big deal about that back then. And, uh, and again, I don't really remember much about that. And then at age three, my parents had their second, uh, second son was born. And uh, he was born with, severe um, mental retardation. He was born with part of of his brain missing. And so it went from a a blissful experience to a very traumatic one because both my parents were crushed by that. And, And I went from being the center of attention to being watching my parents kind of imploding and doing their best to care for some, uh, some a young child who they eventually had yeah. to institutionalize. And so that changed the, the color of growing up. And I had to do a tremendous amount of letting go around that uh, as I, once I learned how you do that. And it's interesting, though, it also was an amazing gift because... What happened was, within that, I 
yeah. discovered this um, tremendous desire to help. And because I really wanted to help my parents. And I also wanted them to, yeah. to get back into uh, their good graces, of course, because the, because they, they were so distraught, they, they, they started reacting to me the like, like <laughs> yeah. I was just in the way. And, and there was a, 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 just normal childhood things that I would do became traumatic for them and thereby traumatic for me, like playing in the dirt. <laughs> uh, but the gift was, it inspired me to want to give yeah, back wow. to the world. You know, I don't know why that's what happened, but that's what happened. And so that was something I was looking for in my life. At first I thought when I was a little older that I, would, I could become a doctor. And as a doctor, I could help prevent things like this or help people deal with things like this. And then I also started looking at self-help and spirituality. And that I, I just attracted me a lot more. And so I started on a spiritual path as, as a teenager. And, and I studied things both from the East and the West. Wow. And then I met... Uh, in, at age 22, I met Lester Levinson, who was a fully realized uh, a master, and I was blown away by the meeting. He came as a guest to a, a one-year seminar that Levinson was teaching, that that I helped organize with another person, and we went out to lunch with Lester, and. And it was just all of us sitting around the table and just having lunch. But I could feel that this person was the first teacher I'd ever met who was no longer seeking. He was, he had ended the search. And there was this tremendous sense of peace yeah. and joy and calmness and, and love that was just, it was coming out of yeah. his every pore, it felt like. And it, it blew me away. And so he didn't say much about what the Sedona method was. He just said, you sit around the table and release. And that seemed a little dubious to me. I had no idea what that meant. But I decided that if you mm -hmm. give him just a little bit of a taste of, of what he was a living embodiment of, I was in. And so, uh, the next weekend, I started the, the what was then a yeah. two weekend training. Yeah. And before the, the two weekends were over, in addition to just being blown away by the power of what was being taught and how it was, it was immediately affecting me, mm. I, I had this deep sense that this is what I was here to do. I was here to help Lester get the Sedona method out to the world. And that has been my life yeah. ever since. Before Lester uh, passed away, it, he, it gave all his copyrights to me in the early 90s and asked me to continue the work. And what came from that is this whole set of tools that we now call the Sedona Method. And it's reached hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. And it continues to help people yeah. every day. And those of you listening, it can help you too. Yeah. I, I can attest to that, guys. And I'll let, as we have this conversation, um, I know he's going to go into some of that, and so I want to leave that for that time um, because it does work. So here you are, this young man. I mean, you started pretty early um, on the road to uh, self-development, if you will, uh, because most people, um, 
you know, we, 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 we start in our 30s when life is all spinning out of control and, and we're losing our minds and, and whatever. But here's this young, um, young adult um, so in, uh, in tuned with that other side of uh, the individual that we are not aware of because of the programming, the busyness of living. Uh, the busyness of getting up, running to school, running to work, and uh, all of these things, and not really being in tune with who they are. And so that's how we began to numb the aspects of our spiritual being. But here you are, this young man, awake to it, and to run into someone of that caliber. What a gift. I, I, I personally hear, I think the trauma is a purposeful trauma. I think it is the, it's the incident that uh, awakes us to what we need to do. And so I think every trauma is a purposeful one if we use it correctly because it is designed to cause you and I to uh, dig in deeper from that side, from the spiritual side, and to see what it is, and it, it will help us to move through and create whatever we need. <laughs> the trauma is a purposeful trauma. People think I'm weird, but that's just <laughs> my, my, my assessment. So here you are. You were um, given this assignment. You're, you're moving through. You went through the program. You are learning the art of uh, the Sudan yes. method. You're, you're clarifying and clear, um, seeing who you are. What happened to you, Hill, at that, those two weeks? What was happening to you internally, being in that space for that amount of time? We, started, we were doing that thing too. Is all day long. People going on examining inside their, and to you. their life from a new perspective. And what we do is we... And, uh, we examine things from the perspective that we're not limited the way we believe we're limited. And we discover how to let go of this sense of limitation. Now, I really don't have a lot of memory of the course itself. The, the most memorable thing mm -hmm. was, for me, was just feeling what it felt like to let go consciously and being in charge of it. Yeah. And I also remember this realization because it was <laughs> it was prophetic yeah that was 1976 and this is now uh, 2023 and this body mind is still engaged in this yeah and still teaching this and helping people with it and sharing this and mm -hmm. so the main thing i took away from that week was this gift of a process that I not only uh, not only incorporated into my own life and transformed my life, but I, I was invited. I was given this gift of sharing it because something you mentioned earlier uh, is mm -hmm. that when. I must have believed this strongly too that the, there's the giver is blessed. And he also he felt that the highest one of the highest things you can do is to support someone else in their process of self discovery, to to support them in discovering their own innate nature, their own freedom. And when uh, I first started teaching the Sedona Method in 1981. And, and I remember uh, being um, incredibly grateful for being chosen to be in that position of helping others discover the truth of who they are. And and so it 
it is this gift that keeps on giving. Whenever this body-mind is in front of other people and talking about them, there's just this inner smile that's actually been there continuously for a very long time, but it just gets bigger. And the it is so wonderful to see people transform, to have people have traumas they've been carrying for decades. Watch them melt. Yeah. And have the light come back into their eyes and the aliveness come back into their bodies. Yeah. And and have them know that they now have a tool they can use to continue experiencing that in their lives and to, to helping them live life to the fullest and mm-hmm. helping them be free of all their inner burdens. And so I've I've watched people who didn't have any or any money let go and become wealthy. I've watched people who are confronting fairly serious health conditions either have them find the right practitioner to to help them heal. Uh, or uh, have the the body-mind heal itself, or the the problem with disease is the dis-ease we have with it. I've seen people also gracefully leave the body because they were letting go, and and also be at peace even when the body was in tremendous pain. And I've watched people who thought their their marriages were over, only to to discover the spark again in the love. I've watched people who were trapped in relationships that were really not serving them anymore, in sometimes in extreme ways, gain the courage to set themselves free from them. And I've seen everything in between. And watching people transform is just amazing. And to me, the most amazing thing to watch is people discovering (laughs) that they're not just a body, that their thoughts aren't who they are, that there is this exquisite beauty that is this that's already unfolding in as life and that their life isn't a personal life it is just part of the one life that all is and all this has been a continual inspiration and transformation for this particular body mind and I'm also fortunate in, is that many people are passing this on too. There, there, are, there are many tools out there that are based on the Sedona method. There are many teachers who teach various uh, things that to help people with money and relationships and health who yeah. use the Sedona method both for their own personal benefit, but also to help their students. Mm-hmm. And there's just everyday people like you and me who are just sharing joy, spreading joy and peace, yeah. just because they're, it's what's bubbling out of their own hearts. And so all of that is what's inspired this particular yeah. body-mind to keep doing the same work for over four decades. Yeah, I've been, I remember talking about the baggage. I remember you in the the movie walking with the two um, bags in your hand and putting it down and say, let it go. (laughs) I remember that when you were saying that, it came to my mind. And I had seen that movie uh, quite a long time ago. Uh, So here you are. Uh, Hale, you went through this two-week program, 
and um, where what happened to you? At well, I did two things. One is I was very young, so you I needed to, to have a career and do Where things in life. And I found that it, the letting go really helped your, me become successful uh, mm -hmm. in, in the thing, different things that I did. Yeah. And at the same time, I immediately wanted to give back. So I learned the Sedona method in 1976. Mm -hmm. And in 19, there were only three courses at the time, yeah. the basic course, the advanced course and the teacher's course. I took the, the basic course in November of 1976, the advanced course in January of 1977, and the mm -hmm. teacher's training in February of 1977. But at age 22, mm -hmm. it was a little early to do that as a full-time thing. So I led a few workshops, but then we mutually decided that I needed to just live it in my life. So. I did. I, yeah. I lived it in relationships. I lived yeah. it in, in my career. I lived it, uh, so that my body yeah. just yeah. maintain a, a, yeah. a high level of health and well-being. And I lived in, uh, Manhattan. I moved to Manhattan from Brooklyn, got an apartment and, and just, yeah, yeah kind of celebrated life and at the same time I stayed very immersed in the re in releasing mm -hmm. they had used to have workshops free workshops twice a week uh, I think it was Wednesdays and Fridays I can't remember now but it was twice a week and I yeah. rarely missed one and I, all I did is incorporate it into my life I, releasing letting go was something that yeah. I tried as best I could to do throughout the day. And it wasn't just because I thought it was good for me. I could feel that each time there was a, I let go, there was this sense of yeah. just ease and power and grace and warmth and a kind of a release mm -hmm. of bottled up energy that happened. And so it was yeah. honestly a, a a little addicting <laughs> not in a bad way because i was addicted to to love and light and truth <laughs> but it was still almost an addiction because it felt so good i i <laughs> i just kept being drawn to it you know many people have a meditative yeah, practice yeah. <laughs> i i never got that yeah. into meditation because just one or two releases using the sedona method yeah. I, I felt the same as if I just meditated for a half an hour. So mm -hmm. that, and it was something I could do while driving a car, uh, being on the subway in Manhattan, uh, uh, yeah. walking down the street. I, I remember in 1977, I don't remember when in 77, Yeah, I was in Times Square in New York City. It was uh, twilight, or it may have even been night. And at the time, it was before it was gentrified. Times Square now is this, this busy place that is a tourist attraction, but it was the opposite. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and what? Yeah, I remember I lived there. <laughs> uh, that's, that's great. <laughs> Uh, That's Queens great. Village, so anyway, you know, I was there I at, at a time to, uh, where York, it wasn't uh, safe to be so there. Got, uh, older, but the so, sense of, um, of the personal so, self yeah. just kind of dropped away. <laughs> and there was this sense of profound peace, even being in yeah. this crazy environment. Uh, and uh, that got my attention. Yeah. That, that, uh, of that happening one is yeah. i didn't uh, such profound peace even in an environment that was not conducive yeah. to profound peace and uh and so and i had many experiences like that through the years not just the the immediate feedback of each time i let go there was <laughs> this this sense yeah. of peace and joy sometimes even bliss and uh much later on in life, yeah, in yeah. 1998, uh, I think it was, 
I was, uh, I, yeah. I had just led a seminar for 40 people that was a, a very high seminar uh, in, in Sedona, Arizona. I lived there for 30 years. And, uh, and I had a mild earache. So I went to the local uh, doctor and he gave me eardrops. But then 24 hours later, I passed out in my bedroom and my wife had called an ambulance and I was rushed to the emergency room in Flagstaff, Arizona. And uh, I just, the doctors discovered I had severe meningitis and encephalitis and my brain was swollen and I was in a lot of pain. Well, actually at first I was in pretty unconscious, but then when I came back from that after a few days, uh, in the hospital, there was tremendous pain, but at the same time, there was this profound peace. Again, a very unexpected thing to experience with your life on the line and being in pain. And again, that was another extreme example of the power of letting go. And it was also another gift because knowing yeah, yeah. that I could have this these physical yeah. challenges and still have this sense of peace and equanimity enabled me to one have compassion for people going through similar experiences but able but enabled me to be able to show people ways that when they had physical challenges even extreme ones like that i could speak from authority that you could still let go and be unaffected. And even though the doctors weren't sure I'd ever fully recover, uh, I did. And I kept yes. doing this work. So, and, and again, I'm not the only one. I've seen people go through trauma and come out mm -hmm. transformed for the better as opposed to yeah. being crushed by it. Yeah, I, I think... Um... I tell people meditation and people, when you say meditation, hell, they think yes. you have to be there for 40 yes, yes. hours and two hours and days and all that stuff. Meditation is changing your state and it could take you yes. a couple of seconds to do yes. that if you know what to do and how to bring yourself into that state. Yes. You don't need an hour. You just need to change your state and how quick you do that is just as powerful if you sit there for several hours and to be doing that daily and constantly is a powerful place to be and to live and so it is a changing of the state and i believe hill that a lot of the diseases and the diseases that we have today are trapped emotions that are there and it erodes the body it erodes the temple because we haven't let it go. And your uh, revelation is to walk people through using your three-step yes. process to begin to identify that and walk it through and then to let it go. And, and they're able to gain their freedom from what looks and is a simple process. But one of the most powerful process that one will ever encounter in a life because within that moment you are shifting as i said you're shifting your state you are now creating a brand new state and that state that you're that brand new state is that state of freedom you're walking through within just a few steps and changing your life and um, I, I'm talking to people that you're listening to me. I'm talking to you stuff that has happened to me personally. Um, I have used uh, Hale's technique to, to free myself from things that were those briefcases, the two bags. I keep seeing you walking with Hale with those two bags in that movie, man, uh, uh, carrying this heavy thing. I was that way and I'm able to yes. let go of many things and letting go is a daily practice that one must become um, 
a lifestyle. And as you do that, you begin to, as uh, Hale was saying, people can get healed from that lifestyle. People's relationship can get uh, can be saved from that lifestyle. So here you are, you have practicing it now. You're you are in a life. You're able to become a teacher, a servant, if you will, and educating people as to who they are. I want you to take um, and you may you mentioned some beautiful stories, you know, about uh, the effect that people have done, and you I know there are millions that you've come across in your life and um, that have been utilizing your technique. Um, walk with us, take us into that space. And I'm going to recommend people look at the movie as well because you get a chance to experience it. Take us into your uh, a meeting with one of those folks that you're sitting down. Well, you know, and you why don't we them. do... I know you were why don't we actually take... Oh, your listeners and viewers into the experience itself. Why don't, rather than me describing what a meeting is like, why don't we turn this into a, a five-minute session that will help people come away with a, a small taste of what the tool can do for them and a tool that they can start to use right away. Is that a, do you think that's a good idea? Yes. Excellent. Uh, that's great. That's great. So oh, definitely. Uh, before I, I take us into a process, well, one of the things I, yeah, I like I to do so. I, when I'm, I'm excited the for them because I know that many of them will be free. Or trying to describe this to freedom. someone who doesn't so, yes. really know that much about it is to demystify letting go, because a lot of us think it has to be hard work, and many tools. Are, believe you have to go back and re-experience things or understand why you feel the way you feel. And this little um, uh, analogy I'm going to do now with everyone will, ha will help you to see how simple and powerful it can be. And then I'll describe the process we're going to go through together, and then I'll take us through the process so for, uh, or wherever you're sitting. Uh, and if you're in a place where you can't do this easily, then uh, just imagine doing it. So for the sake of this analogy, this pen or this pencil or this paper clip or whatever you're holding yep. in your hand represents your limiting thoughts and feelings and beliefs, your anger, your fear, your frustration, your anxiety, whatever it is. And your hand represents your gut or your awareness. So now close your hand around the object and grip yeah. it really tightly. Now, if you did this long enough, it would start to feel really familiar and also really uncomfortable, but that's enough gripping. <laughs> now roll this around in your, in your hand. Is this object attached to your hand? Obviously not, but this is how it feels when we've held on to a feeling for a while. It feels like it is us. It's even in our language. We don't usually say, I feel sad. We say, I'm sad. We don't usually say, I feel angry. We say, I'm angry. I am the anger. I am the sadness. And that's actually how it feels to us. So now close your hand lightly around the object. And just, could you just let it go? Just drop it. That's what we mean by letting go. It really can be that simple. Yeah. And it it's hard to imagine at first that it can be. Mm -hmm. But what, so let's go through it experientially. I'm going to ask a series of questions that pull you into a natural ability that you already have. Young children come in knowing how to do this. Unfortunately, we train them out of it as adults not intentionally but it's what happens and so once you learn how to do this again yeah. as an adult the more you use it the the more you're in control of the process of letting go and the the more you want to let go because it feels so good and it transforms things hmm. so the process the first process we're going to do together 
is a basic process that we usually start with. And so the, the questions that I'll ask you is as follows. The first is just to focus on something in your life that you're wanting to change or improve. And that usually engenders some sort of feeling. And the next question will be, could you just welcome or allow it? Sometimes just in welcoming or allowing, whatever it is, it starts to dissolve. That's another way that we help people let go besides just choosing to drop it, just allowing it or welcoming it. And then I'll ask the letting go questions. And the letting go questions, the first one is, could you let it go? And if I know if you were able to drop that object or at least could imagine it, then I know you can. And just be open to it as a possibility. The next question is, would you let it go? And would you just means, are you willing to? And if you're never sure, uh, if you're not sure on your own, just ask yourself, would I rather hold on to this pain and the suffering or would I rather be free and have my goals? And the last question is when? And when is an invitation to do it now? Now, I'm going to say, could you, would you, and when? Whereas when you're doing it on your own, you could use that question or you could say, could I, would I, and when? And so now I'll take us through it. Now, the timing that I would use is a timing, it's a, it's a medium uh, pace that most people can keep up with. If you're doing this on your own, go at your own pace. There's no rush. The only thing I'd recommend is stay open to it. Be open to the possibility it can be this simple and easy to transform your life. And also avoid debate. The questions are yes or no questions. And you'll let go even if you say no. Just be honest with yourself. And you can do this silently to yourself. All the Sedona Method is something you can do in the middle of a conversation without people even needing to know that you're doing it. Because... The questions are just pointers towards an an experience of letting go. And once you're familiar with the experience, it can be duplicated at will. So just for a moment, just settle as best you can. Let the mind (laughs) pause as best you can. Yeah. And just notice what is. What is apparently happening? Yeah. And then could you allow yourself to focus on your life and think of something in your life that you'd like to change or improve? Something that may be causing some sort of inner distress. And it doesn't matter what you pick. And whatever came to mind, along with whatever feelings it brought up inside of you, could you just simply welcome it or allow it? Is it welcome? Is it what's apparently happening? And then as best you can, just for now, could you let it go? Just could you? Would you? When? Now, you might have felt a little letting go on could you, a little on would you, and more on when, or you may have saved it up, or you may not be sure yet. Just stay open to it, because we'll go through it a couple more times so you can get more of a feeling sense of what's being pointed to. So again, focus on that same thing or anything else that you're wanting to change or improve. And could you just welcome however you feel inside? Could you just allow it? Is it welcome? Is it what's apparently happening? And then as best you can, just for now. Could you let it go? Just could you? 
Would you? When? Now that time you probably felt it a little more. Some of the debate may be dropping away. And by the way, I'm not saying you're letting go of the situation. You're letting go of your feelings about it, which opens the door to transformation. So let's run through that one more time. Allow yourself again to focus on that same thing or anything else that you wanted to change or improve. And could you just simply welcome whatever that stirs up inside? Could you just let it be here? Is it welcome? Is it what's apparently happening? And then, as best you can, just for now, could you let go of the feeling? Just could you? Would you? When? Okay, good. Now, that's a very simple process. But if you experiment with it in your own life, you'll start to gain immediate benefit. And the more you experiment with it, the more benefit you'll see. And I know that when, uh, Hale, when I was going through with mine, um, some of the dark times in my life, I would use this method and it would usher me into this laughter. And I want people to be aware of that because uh, you're changing your state and uh, you're changing your state from this painful um, and the expression, one of the expression that one would do in freedom is laughter, is that um, what laughter does is simply opens you wider. It allows your heart to expand and it manifests in your face and you just have this perpetual grin that you walk around with and I gained much of my freedom and I knew it would, it had solidified when you're, you get emotional. Some people laugh, some people cry because it was an emotional that emotion that was logged and blocked. And when you identify it, you feel it, you identify it. And when, uh, as uh, Hale began to ask yes. those questions and you ask those questions to yourself, many cry, some laugh, some weep, but the expression is you have been freed. And yeah, that's one way of maybe celebrating it. Maybe that's how we celebrate it, Hale, that we, um, however we choose to celebrate it through that uh, uh, release. But um, that was a powerful, uh, I know it works. And that is why I wanted you to do that because I know many of those that are will be listening to this will obtain that freedom and experience it, many of them maybe for the first time. And um, to see that it's not a long time. <laughs> right. Again, your pump was primed. So, You've been doing this for um, decades, so <laughs> it doesn't yeah, take much. To, uh, I, I went through one a couple as you were doing that. <laughs> and so I'm in that state that you're familiar with. Oh, don't, don't bring yourself back. <laughs> just just and, enjoy and it. I, I am... <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know I, I am, I, I'm, I've crossed over. <laughs> and so I, I'm, I'm trying to bring myself back to so that we can, uh, engage. You know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a place of bliss and, um, you ought to be visiting there, uh, daily as, as, um, right. you know, I agree many with you. people are hooked on things. I mean, why not? This is a good thing to be hooked on. I know the young people today, many are, Hale are hooked on, uh, their phones, <laughs> right. computer and coffee. You can name thousands of things. 
that one can be hooked on. And, and um, uh, I tell people you're meditating all day. You just don't know it. You have picked a thought. and and But when you are doing this, yes. you are now purposely yes. doing it. You're not just sitting there and it happens. And when you become that purposeful creator, life becomes more interesting. It's more of a participation, a joy comes. And so you ought to be hooked on um, the experience of freedom. It is a powerful thing. And so many of you need to start practicing it as often as you can. And you will see... <laughs> that the phone and the computer and all You've been doing this for 30, 40 years, maybe even longer, Hale, and you've seen, as I said, thousands. I am one of those that have been using your technique and getting extreme powerful results. And anyone, I invite you guys to get into his space. I will provide all of those things. Get into his books. He has a series of books. He has a series of, of uh, programs that you need to go um, some movies are out there, some videos. He has his own podcasts. All of those things you need to get into his space. Why I tell people, don't be a member. A lot of churches, as they say, are busy about members. I am not interested in members. Disciples change the world, Hale. Disciples become a disciple. As Hale became a disciple, he was able to change the world. And so I invite you guys to come into his space and become a disciple so that you can change your life first and then change your world. And so I want to thank you so much because your insight. Oh, thank you. This has been a really a lot of fun. For my life personally. And um, I actually have uh, deposited a lot of what you have taught me here. And I've learned from you. I've deposited that into my children's life. And so I see them doing the same as you have taught me uh, many years ago. So thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. Oh, again, thank you.